Welcome to the Shoulder Strikes MMA Podcast. You are now listening to the Hot Take Hot Box. Welcome to the Shoulder Strikes MMA Podcast. You are now listening to the Hot Take Hot Box. Ladies and gentlemen, it is the Shoulder Strikes MMA Podcast brought to you by the Hot Take Hot Box. We are here fresh off of UFC... 296, Leon Rocky Edwards reclaim not reclaims, I guess, defends his 170 title in pretty in one of the most easy coasting fights I've ever seen in my life. What a snooze fest that was. Uh, Alexander Pantoja, or, or Pantoja is what I've uh, learned this weekend. That's what John Anna kept calling him. So I guess, you know, I always learn new stuff when I watch the broadcast. And learn how to say uh, fellows' new names. My name is Matt McSweeney. I am joined by Ty Capone, the Ty Capone. Ty, how are you feeling? Did you enjoy the fights? Uh, I think, you know, we kind of discussed before this. The maybe the last couple weren't that good, but the uh, card overall was pretty good. Yeah, started out hot. I think the first five fights uh, were finishes, right? One, two, three, four, five, six. No, five. And then the first decision was one of the fights of the year, one of the best yeah, women's man. fights we'll ever. Talk about that. Um, and then another banger in the Menafield Jacoby. That fight was awesome. And then you start off the main card with Emmett absolutely nuking Bryce Mitchell. Um, and then I guess, honestly, I, I guess you can say the card fell off from there, which is kind of crazy to say. But um, I think it really peaked with that Emmett knockout. And then um, the Patty fight was entertaining in spurts, but then it kind of just fizzled out. And I did not like what I saw overall no. from Patty. No. Um, and then the Shafkot Steven Wonder Boy fight. Yeah, it, a little slow, but kind of methodical, right? I, I thought it, it, what Shavkat was doing was smart, and I thought he was definitely going to get that finish. I mean, this, I, I thought the sub, once he got it in, and Wonderboy made him battle, but um, he was able to, to pretty much do what he wanted to. And then, you know, the, you had the two championship fights. I thought the, the co-main was good. I know there were some boo birds coming out, but um, much better than the main event. I think that they doubled up uh, the main event fighters' strikes in the co-main, so. yeah. Yeah, overall, very good night, I would say, for fights. Uh, you don't really see prelims pop off like that, I would say, more than the main card uh, that often. So, main event, UFC 296, last card of the year. There's all, Everybody's in the building, all sorts of famous people. Sean Strickland and DDP are, are brawling at cage side. Right is, next to each other. That was good. What did you think of that? Did you, were you like, I mean, obviously, <laughs> it's not, like, not the biggest deal, but... It's the least shocking thing. When they showed Sean Strickland and I saw Driscus behind him, I'm like, I'm surprised they haven't fought yet. Like, I, I don't understand yeah. and why. And they did it three seconds later. Yeah. Crazy. That's the best, though. He turned around. He like he, I don't know what Driscus said. Or even if he just, like, Sean just realized that he was behind him. He's like, wait, that yeah. guy's right there? The best was him looking at Gilbert Burns' son and going, yo, can you can you slide over <laughs> real quick a little bit? Like, yo, yo. Can Scooch you over, move? buddy. And the second he moved out of range, he just hopped right over them seats. And uh, hey, man, we we need more. I I, I know this is not the uh, politically correct thing to say, but we need a little bit more heat behind these fights. It it makes it way more exciting now. We're 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 shooting below the belt here. I know a lot of people are okay with um, people shooting below Sean Strickland's belt, but I mean, listen, none of it's okay. I, you can't in one one sentence tell me that it's not okay for Colby to say things about one guy's dead father, and then it's okay for 
Driscus to say stuff about him being sexually molested and stuff like like yeah you know I think uh, none of this is good that's my opinion of it all. And then he tells Driscus to go fuck his coach. Yeah, that's you. You can <laughs> see all... that that pissed him off, man. I, I which I mean it probably would piss me off too. So hey, we know how to get under Sean Brady. Uh, Sean Brady. Um, Sean Strickland's uh, get under his skin now. So if anybody wants to try that, which I, I do not recommend because he is about. He's a, he stands on business. Yeah, you could definitely say that. He's definitely about that life. But uh, the main event, you know, the, the entrance is cool. Everything cool. The fight itself, though, Ty, it, it was it was a snoozer, man. I, and I'm not usually one to say that. Colby really did nothing. He started this fight off and just let his legs get chewed up. I thought he was going to try and push a pace on Leon Edwards, and he was going to try and get in his face and make him active and... You know, I thought maybe at one point you would see Edwards rock him, which, you know, Colby's been known to get rocked, but he his recovery has always been, you know, pretty good just due to that, that cardio that he has and just the, like we said, pressure, pace, everything that he puts on him. But, Ty, I mean, the first two rounds he essentially just gave away. He really didn't do anything. He circled the outside of the cage. He let Leon control the center. And... That was it. Like it was, it, it, you could just tell right away. It's like, oh wow, like um, I'm, I'm on the wrong side here. Uh, that's, I mean, that's what I had. I, I know you said you're a smart man that keeps staying away from these main events because it just doesn't seem like it ever, uh, you know, equals out or or works well. I, I, I thought that the line about his father was obviously not good. You're not, you shouldn't say shit like that. That's just wrong. But I think in the mental warfare aspect, I think it was a good, uh, smart thing to do because it it looked like it was a pot. Like I mean, Edwards, I'd never you never seen him throw bottles or get that worked up. So maybe you were gonna try and get him off his game and maybe get him to go like go wild and you'd be able to take him down or I, I don't know. But I, I just don't get what Colby's game plan was because he said that it was part of his game plan to stay on the outside. And I'm like, well, then you need to go back to the drawing board or get new coaches because in no way, like I'm just a regular guy and I could have told you that's not the way to win this fight. You are, you staying on the outside is exactly what Leon Edwards wants you to do. And it was just kind of a, a little bit of a point fest that, you know, there was a couple of, I mean, I think he didn't shoot his first takedown until what the third round. It, it felt like, uh, I don't know. I'm in the first, but yeah. Yeah. I don't half hearted. Half hearted, right. It didn't seem like it was really a, yeah, like a sincere one. The one, I think later on in the fight, he started to pin him up against the cage, and he wasn't having true success. But he eventually did, you know, get him to the ground based off of Leon himself trying to get him to the ground, which he did do at one point. So uh, it wound up being what 50, 50 45 and then uh, a forty nine, forty six. I think that's what I probably would have had it at. And I, you might have been able to give him that. I think it was the fourth round, uh, but that that one was close, and I don't, I don't see really. I mean, the only round he won, Colby, was the last round. Other than that, it was kind of all Leon Edwards. So I guess, what were your thoughts on it? Yeah, I kind of had the same overarching uh, opinion, I guess, overall. I thought Leon landed the better shots, obviously. And, you know, he went to the body pretty well. He went to the legs. There was a lot of leg kicking. Uh, his jab was really working well. Colby wasn't really just uh, – he couldn't land anything. It's, it's, I think he landed 34% of his strikes, significant strikes. So, yeah, um, all around, just um, he got to he, when he finally got a takedown in the third round. He got taken down himself. Yeah. So that was a big moment uh, for Leon. And yeah, I mean that's like 
How many times has uh, Coley done that? You know, I, I guess it did work, right? Because Leon backstage, he said he, he was crying backstage. He was so worked yeah. up and so so fired up with emotions, but he was able to hone hone it all hone it all in. Also, came in weighing one eighty five uh, on fight night, so he was able to. I, it was clear that he was a stronger man. I think in there, yeah. Uh, Colby always talks about how you know he fights at one seventy, walks around at one seventy because that's his weight class and whatnot, but. Um, so maybe that's a little, a little uh, against you know working against him, I guess. But you remember he made fun of um, uh, the Black Zillion founder or owners, Glenn Robinson, when he died, saying something about him going to hell. Uh, said something about Kamaru's dad who's yep. in jail or was in jail. So yeah, I mean, you know, I, I love all the talk, all the shit talking. And I'm, it's the UFC in some ways. What Dana says, like. It's the fight game, you know, very cliche and annoying, but in, in some ways he is correct. But if you're going to, like, be indecent just for the sake of indecency, I don't think that's, like, interesting. I don't no. think that's clever. I don't think that's funny. I think that's just, you know, if you're – listen, if it's going to get a pop, like what he said about Ian Gary's wife, who here is fucked Ian Gary's wife that's and the crowd hilarious. goes crazy? I thought that was hilarious. Yeah, like, I thought that's that was, yeah, funny. Even that's a little too much, but Ian Gary, you know, if he was there, uh, he should have been there, and then maybe he could have, uh, you know, done something about it, but – also, he kind of deserves it with all the shit he, you know, the shit he did with Vicente Luque on his Instagram picture. That was corny as fuck. So he deserves some of the flack coming his way. Leon Edwards, you know, uh, obviously there's things about his dad being a drug lord or a warlord or some kind of whatever, you know, being involved in criminal activity. But I don't think that has anything to do. I know actually it doesn't have anything to do with Leon's connection with his own father that gave birth to him and, yeah. you know, the despair that he is in from losing him at a young age. Like, <laughs> you know, so. Colby and his fans, just absolute shitbags. And uh, now Colby is the first fighter to ever lose three undisputed title fights. So hopefully he doesn't get another one. I think what I, you know, and honestly, I didn't really talk about it in my little uh, monologue, which I should have mentioned is uh, why I'm, I mean, I guess why I'm more, this is partially is why I'm upset at myself for picking Colby is the fact that I did not know that he was going to kind of fall off a cliff like you had made mention of in our preview pod. It, It seemed... Like that line we talk about, and you could say it, the line of what? Demarcation. The line of demarcation, that being when you turn 35 and you are in this title picture spot, that the odds are 100% stacked against you. Not maybe 100%, but numbers aren't in your favor. You start to fall off a little bit. Him being off for what? Almost two years. It, yeah. it, it looked like it was a factor. And maybe maybe it's ring rust, you know, like he made mention of, which is an excuse that's just an excuse. Dominic Cruz has told us, excuse me, many a time that it's not real. I, I think there is a part of it, but I think a lot of it is mental. I think that that's why Dom Cruz says it's not real because there's really no thing to say that you should be, you know, like maybe you're just not comfortable or whatever, but it's not like he just forgot how to fight in the last couple of years. It's more that he wasn't comfortable in there, and you could tell it right away. The, his stance was weird. Did you see? Like he was just like standing upright and – just eating leg kick after leg kick, and he kept trying to... He came out, like, fighting orthodox. And so, like, Leon was matching him. But, like, I just didn't understand the whole I'm going to stand here and strike with you. Like, if, I, if I'm if i going to go out, I'm going to go out on my sword. That's kind of how Colby's always been, where he will, you know, just keep trying to shoot that takedown and keep trying to get it to the ground, you know, even if it's just, you know, hopeless. He's still going to keep trying to go for it. And... I don't know. I just I don't get why he waited so long to try and enact some of his game plan. Now I, I 
Leon presents a big problem on getting inside because he's so fast. He's he was so much faster than him, uh, especially standing in, in the striking department, and he's much bigger than him. You know, just uh, stature wise, I don't know about height and all that, but I just think uh, like like you made mention of one eighty five plus. You know, in there when Leon or Colby's probably like a one seventy five. Ma- you know, like he's he's yeah. made mention of. He's not cutting a ton of weight, so. I don't know. Maybe I thought maybe he might wait the first round, you know, wait a little bit to kind of, you know, just I, maybe a couple uh, some of the steam comes off those punches from Leon, but he really didn't. He never went. He never went, and I just I, I don't get it. And I I don't feel bad for him at all. He's talked all this shit. He has created a situation where all this hate is surrounding him at all times, and he deserves it because he fought like a coward on Saturday. Yeah, uh, the light kicks really kind of just um were a big big factor early on you know cold by the time colby wanted to try to wrestle he was already kind of behind the eight ball uh round wise and just in general like you know he couldn't really plant his leg into the ground and, and drive and get that takedown like he could if he was fresh yeah in the first two rounds so yeah just a big big mistake and uh they should give him shavkat next that should be that should be the um his final straw shavkat for colby you're saying Yep. Yeah, no, I mean... Ragdoll him. Uh, yeah, I think that would be fun. Uh, I would obviously pick Shavkat. I think he's just a much more well-rounded... I think, you know, uh, didn't we... I, I have to go back and look, but I'm pretty sure either you you had the bet that he was going to be the champion by the end of the year, and it's not your fault. This guy, he definitely could be. You know, if he if this, if this was him in this fight, it, we might be talking about, you know, a different story about and new as opposed to, you know, and still, but... Uh, I, I guess what you know. Colby's at three now. He's going to drop down a little bit. Uh, Shavkat's at five. He's going to hop up a little bit. So it might not even be worth Shavkat's time to fight a Colby uh, Covington s guy. Leon's already said he's not uh, that Bilal is not worthy of a of a title shot. I think that's more of just hate from Bilal sitting around and not you know not really kind of just sitting on his uh, number. And but I don't get that dude because. Leon was a guy who was denied multiple times and was kind of, you know, he felt like he was wronged and felt like he was getting screwed over and over again and uh, lots of bad luck and things of that nature. So I don't know why he would then turn as soon as he gets, you know, in the somewhat of a position of power and is going to say, nah, Bilal, you're not worthy. Like, if it's not Bilal, then who does he think he should fight? Yeah, Shavka would be a much harder fight for him than Bilal. Bilal would be, an e- I don't want to say an easy fight, but I think Leon beats Bilal. 100%. I think he he's better than them yeah. all. Yeah. All around. It would kind of look similar to this Colby fight, honestly. I, I, I do believe that. Um. So, like, yeah, does he want Shavkat next? Because that's not that's, – that's much – he will lose that fight, in my opinion. Mm-hmm. Um. And, and other than that, it's, you know, Gilbert Burns, he's fighting uh, – what's his name? Who's he fighting? Um. Is it Jack Della or no? No. Yes. Yes. Yeah, yeah, okay. yeah, yeah. They just announced it for two ninety nine. Jack Della. That'd which, be nasty. So, oh, oh, yeah, man, that's gonna be exciting. I think. I mean, so Gilbert like, Burns is gonna really smash else. him for the record. Let me just yeah, say that. I, I think so. But if he's, you know, that chin might be might be compromised. Yeah. He's getting up there in age too, you know. But Uh-oh. he should. After what we saw in his last fight, with Jack Della. Yeah, I, I'm, I'm with you there. But also, it's funny that Kamaru is still number one in the welterweight division. That should definitely be number uh, like three or four. But, and Colby, right now for three, right now, 
is three, but he will definitely fall out of the top five. Sean Brady might enter the top five of the top six. Who knows? We shall see. We shall see the welterweight division. Not the best. Not the best. You know, looking at it from one to 15, I'm not too enthused. I don't see that many, like, prospects-ish. I guess if you want to count Ian Gary and Jack Della. Um, I like Renat. Renat at 15, but we've seen him kind of. Yeah, he had a rough showing the last time out, yeah. So uh, 170 is deep, I'll say that. But uh, contender-wise, I I don't know, man. Kamaru's on his way out. Uh, Bilal, I don't think, is is that young. Colby's on his way out. Gilbert's on his way out. Wonderboy's out, as far as I'm concerned, I think. Uh, Shafkot's ascending. Leon's the champ. Uh, Sean Brady, I guess, is ascending. Jeff Neal's kind of old. But I think Jeff Neal just got that – Ian yeah. Machado Gary fight. Yes, he so. did. Two ninety nine as well. That's going to be. That's the next time we're going to be like two ninety nine. Looks good. We definitely have something to talk about there. Uh, but yeah, this this you know the whole thing with Ian Gary wearing the uh, mugshot of Jeff Neal as a t shirt. I hope Jeff Neal has 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 something for him when they fight. So I, I will be cheering for him to get a. I will be betting on him to get a TKO. So uh, let's do it. As will I. So, you know, good on Leon Edwards. I would like to see them just... I mean, I don't want to see Bilal, but I think it kind of we have to have that fight happen to kind of just get it out of the way so that we can stop hearing Bilal complain. But for me, it's either Bilal or Shavkat. Uh, and yeah. that's that's pretty much it. I mean, maybe if Gilbert the Gilbert Burns fight was sooner, then you could say that, but I don't know. I would like to see... Like, Sean Brady, uh, UFC's coming to Atlantic City soon, so he says he wants to be... At the top of that card, that would be interesting. I don't know who he would fight at the top of that card. Maybe you know, let's Luke get, get. It could be Luke. A. Give us Colby. Give us a yeah, Colby. Covington. That would be awesome. That would be honestly. sick. Just a wrestle. He would. I think Sean Brady would fuck. He would dog. He would fuck Colby Covington up, but yeah, he would dog at him. this point. Like, uh, but I don't know. Maybe Colby Covington just had an off night. I don't know, but I doubt that. I think it. Like you, I think he's him. done. I think he might be done. And his best. But, his his, his best was the, Usman, the first Usman fight. Yeah, hey, he I looked good in that second beat. one too. It, yeah, went, you know, but it just wasn't as close no. as the first. One. I thought the I thought the first one was two two going in the fifth. Yep. Uh, the second one, I think he might have lost three two four. I might one, have lost the close... first three rounds, and then I think he won yeah. the last two. I think that's what kind of how yeah. it was. And, but, that, and that third yeah, round was like a, where he like lost the first three minutes, and then he got dropped at one. Like it was just a wild fight, but. That was just a perfect. It just goes to show you that these matchups are kind of like you know they dictate everything. It's yeah. all matchup based. It, it, you know, and then you see a Colby get in here with a guy like Leon, and it looks like an absolute snooze. Like you know, snooze fest. We, we th- I mean, before this fight, we would have thought this was going to be exciting either way. Like maybe a head kick. Maybe you know, L- L- Colby was very concerned about the body and head kicks, which he took that out of out of play. It wasn't really a factor other than that one landed on the back of the head, kind of. But yeah. Yeah, I mean, listen. Good for Leon Edwards. I'm happy. I'm happy that he. Uh, I'm honestly happy that he won because I don't think I would have been. You know, even I would have won money, so that would have been great. But don't think we would have. It would have been fun dealing with Colby sitting on the title for you know probably another year and waiting to fight somebody. So, uh, did you see Islam saying that he wants to fight Leon Edwards? Do you care I would love about to that? See at that. All? But I, I think Leon's more likely to go. Well, actually, I guess if Leon can stay at 170, which I'm sure he can, he just, you know, he's not that big. He's not like Sean Brady who cuts up to one, or rehydrates up to 193, which is fucking wild. Yeah. Um, and Islam's a big boy. I think Islam would go, would go up. I think Islam would beat Leon fairly, fairly easily, I think. I do too, honestly. I mean, bad match. He might be the only guy, like, you know that that would be the one thing that he could like that would like absolutely solidify his legacy and make him better than Habib. 
Truly. I know that kind of sounds like I've been p- trying to push this narrative, but I, I do believe it. Like, I think he has all the capabilities and skills to be better than Habib. Habib was better in one thing than him. And I think he's the best all around guy that's come out of that area. I think if he cooks a Leon Edwards and becomes a, you know, the, the champ champ, then really, what can you say? Because that's the one thing you we always kind of said about Habib. He was a weight bully, yada, 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 all that nonsense. But, I mean, that would just be a super fight, awesome sort of event, which they could do for 300 if they don't get uh, McGregor and Chandler to sign on the dotted line. So, there we go. Let's keep it moving. We spent enough time on the uh, main event. We have to get to the co-main event. The UFC Flyweight Championship stays in Brazil. Alexandre Pantoja, not to be confused with Alexander Pantoja, he takes out Brandon Royval in a somewhat one-sided, uh, just grappling dominance that uh, Pantoja was able to implement against Brandon Royval. It's just kind of a hole in his game, and Pantoja is so good at that one thing that he just just overwhelmed him and just you know just dominated him. And there really wasn't anything for Brandon Royval. Royval did good in little spurts when. Pantoja was tired, you know, Pantoja gets really visibly tired in these fights, and everyone's like, wow, this guy's really gassing out, and then he gets a takedown, holds him down for three minutes, so, what did you think of this fight? I know you, we, we talked about the, the boo bird started to come out during this one, but uh, I understand it from with a fighter standpoint. Yeah, the fourth, I think it was the fourth round, it wasn't really action-packed, it was pretty much the whole fight, the whole round was on the ground, similar to the second round, but... Um, yeah, I think Pantoja has like the the best second wind ever. You know, yeah. like he he's somebody who who he pushes a hard pace. He throws with all you know, one hundred percent intensity. Um, he works hard to pass. He works hard to uh, dominate from whatever uh, position he's in on the ground. So um, he's also a big dude. Like he, he's small, but he's 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 pretty well put together. He's not like you know what the most jacked flyweight, but he's he's in pretty good shape. So. You know, he, he just, he's a grinder and that's going to take a lot out of you, you know, and um, I, I, I thought it was kind of crazy that Dana, or Dana, Joe and, um, Joe and DC kept saying how he doesn't want to strike with Roy, Royval, but he kept, he kept clipping Royval. He, he like wobbled him two times that I remember. Yeah. Um, you know, very briefly, but like they kept saying he doesn't want to strike with him. And I was, because he kept looking for the wrestling and, and he got tired and I don't know what they, what, what they were. It was another bad night for, for Rogan and DC. I think dude Rogan was Um, so like unbearable so bad yeah um and anytime him and DC are together they're just like two pals listen listen, if they if Rogan just did a um a fight companion I I think it would he has like the perfect commentator for a fight companion that that's like kind of what he is now that's that's the stage of commentate as a commentator the stage of his career that he's in I think he's just not that good anymore like I haven't really like anytime he's on a on a call like I just keep noticing he just sucks. Like he's like I don't know. He gets like a thing in his head, and he becomes like so biased on one side, whatever it is. And you're like, dude, like, like I think you you tweeted about it at one point. You were like, I think it was probably about this fight where he's just like, why, like, why is he acting like like Pantoja's getting smoked on the feet or something like that? It's like, it's not that like it's really not that far off. You're just. I don't know. I, I just there's so many times during but, these things where I'm just like, bro, what is he talking about? When it never used to be like that. Yeah, never. They they just want to be the first to see if to to say to let the world know that somebody's hurt or somebody's in a submission or somebody got rocked or something hurt somebody or there's an armbar possibly. 
every time they just rush. And like Rogan has been doing MMA his whole life. DC has been doing everything, wrestling MMA his whole life. Like, yeah, you know, who am I to tell them? But it, it's just crazy that they rush in to try to call something so they can be the first one to see it, the first one to call it, the first one to see it. Um, yeah, I just, I, I hate it. I hate that kind of, I hate, I hate them two together I, forever. I want to see Anik, uh, Cruz and Paul Felder, but, or Laura Senko. I think she's great too. Yeah. I love the Felder, uh, Cruz dynamic on the, on the calls. It's more of like a heart, like for us, it's like, we're the hardos of the fan base kind of, you know, and there's a lot of, uh, uh, people like us out there who just kind of, enjoy their analysis and even they're funny too so it's like they don't it's not just like strictly you know fight info and stuff like that but i just don't like rogan comes in his pants when somebody's legs start swelling like he starts losing his mind is like it's the only thing he can think oh he's chewing that leg up look at that welt and you're like hey hey joe they're fighting man like i like yeah they're, they're throwing leg kicks like i, I don't know I, I got maybe i sound like a hater but it's, so the whole Aldana Rosa Hosa fight, all, the only thing they kept saying is how Hosa's just beating up the legs, which she was. But Aldana was walking through it, like yeah. she wasn't noticeable. She didn't pull a um, a um, Adrian Yanez where he like you know it's affecting him and he can't fight, and now he's done when he fought um, uh, the light kicker, not not Gutierrez, but the other one, um, Mark Jonathan Martinez. Yeah, like that effect. Those light kicks made him pretty much. Nothing. They shut his offense down. Irene Aldana was landing up top whenever she wanted to. Carol Hosta was landing to the legs whenever she wanted to. That was the difference. But they kept talking. They were only talking about it because early on, at least, Irene Aldana, because she's so pale, her legs got beat up and vis- very visibly, too. Yeah. And that they just kept talking about them. Like, yo, guys, what about Carol Hosta's eye that's about to shut? Next round's completely fucking shut. So, yeah, I just, you know. I can go on and on about them too, but I, I will. Um, I will say that I thought Roy Val had a pretty decent game plan. I just think his all-around game is not championship level. Yeah, I've always thought that. I think he has heart. I think he has a terrible haircut. I think he needs to, you know, clean that up. But um, the the cardio he has is amazing. Yeah. I think his boxing is crisp. I, I don't think it's that. I think he could, you know. He, I wish he would go forward more with his uh, offense, with his striking. I think he could, uh, you know, he has good kicks. He has really good knees, dude. He just missed landing a couple step in uh, high knees to um, Pantoja when Pantoja was trying to dip down for a takedown, like he did to Matthias Nicolau. He hit one and it just seemed like he just ate it, which was nuts. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, Pantoja has a good chin, man. Pantoja is, I think, honestly, one of the more underrated fighters in the game. Honestly, uh, I, I used to, th- I used to think that about Figi and Marino. I think flyweight just kind of get. Um, you know, ignored, I guess, because, you know, they're smaller, there's not as many finishes and whatnot, but they're, they are so technical, so, so technically sound, so fun. And honestly, they have some of the best cardio too. So, um, yeah, I thought it was a, a decent fight. It wasn't anything terrible. It wasn't anything crazy, but it was a pretty good fight. I don't think it deserved to get booed, but I understand certain points that uh, I think Pantoja's corner was even telling him to rest, which, you know, people don't like to hear, but th- they're not fucking robots. They have to rest, you know, they're, they're going balls to the wall. Um, you know, for 25 minutes. Um, so, yeah, 8 of 14 takedowns. Obviously, Roy Vall has to work on that uh, takedown defense. He didn't really go do much from his back because he couldn't really, you know, he, he didn't have any uh, leverage or any kind of room to go for a submission off his back, but he does like to do those. Just people that do that, man, you, you, you notice a trend that they don't, they don't advance to the highest levels. Mackenzie Dern, yeah. um, 
she doesn't even give up takedowns like that. She just can't get them. But um, who's the who's who's my boy from Spain? Joel Alvarez. He has like a zero takedown, zero percent takedown defense. Like that's not going to get you anywhere, bro. You know he fought Armin Saruki, Armin Saruki and battered his fucking face. So just just trying to play off your backs. Really not something that works at a high high level uh, in the UFC. So. It's hard to do in that championship level, man. You, you're right. It's something you, 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 it's very glaring when you watch these fights. It's you know, you're not. You don't see dudes getting triangled or armbarred. You, you see that in the prelims. You don't see that uh, high. The higher up you go on the uh, fight cards, but uh, how about Shavkat, man? Made it look somewhat easy against Wonderboy. Wonderboy did a good job early on. I think of keeping it standing and defending the takedown. He just made a mistake towards the end of that second round and. Once once Shavkat gets you to the ground, especially a guy like Wonderboy, he just he, he just ran out of time too. You only have four seconds left to get to the third round, and maybe you know he's able to survive. I don't think he's going to win this fight, but Shavkat again gets it done. He's eighteen and zero now. He I think every fight he's got eight eight TKOs, ten submissions. He's walked through everyone. That's Wonderboy, Jeff Neal, Neil Magny, three you know three in a row right there. Ty, I mean. By July of next year, it should be he should be fighting for the title. If it's you know maybe it's one more one more fight, I don't know yeah. if if it's kind of like elementary at this point. Either way, he he should be next if it's not Bilal Muhammad. Yeah, he should be next. I think I think a lot of people are scared to fight this guy. Yeah, and I think there's um, as he as he fights the better you know he fights better opponents. I think you you will start to see. Cracks in his armor, like, uh, you know, I think he is a headhunter. I would love to see him throw more kicks, especially low kicks, because he's so dynamic. But uh, he is a bit of a headhunter, and I think, you know, um, I don't know. It's going to be hard to stop him on the ground. He's so relentless, so strong and smart and well-rounded all around on the ground. Um, And once he gets your back, you're pretty much fucked, you know. I I think he's a a dangerous, he's a dangerous out for anybody. You're really going to have to just stand there and and, and honestly hurt him. You're going to have to bringing the fight to him and maybe, uh, you know, do, do what he does best and try to do it to him to, to really beat him. Um, yeah, I don't know who beats him. I don't know who beats him. I think he might, he might, he has to probably get one more. I'm not sure who would be against or whatnot. I, I would love to see in, a, in an ideal world, uh, like catch weight him against Chamaya to see what, what would actually happen in that fight. Maybe we can get that, uh, you know, sometime down the road, but Chamaya is probably at 185. So, um, yeah, I, I I would love to see him um, fight for the belt, and I think he might. You know, if something happens to Bilal or maybe Leon or who knows, um, he could step in or something could happen. But um, yeah, not much more. Not much more to really say. I mean, he's got all finishes in every fight. He's perfect. You know, he's he's been cracked. He's he's took some shots from Jeff Neal, right? It was um, his last fight. Not no, was it? Who did he fight? Bef- was it Jeff Neal before this Wonder Boy fight? Yes. And then okay, uh, before so that, it was Neil Magny. Before that was Neil Magny. That yeah. fight wasn't the, the – it took a little bit to to materialize. But he gets the finish, man. Like, he's not just first runner bust. Yeah, he's patient. Um, he's very patient. So, no, he's uh, he's awesome, man. Uh, really. There, there's uh, – very rarely do you see a guy come up where you don't get to see those holes in the game. Like, he, I think the only guy who had – who looked good, I think, was Jeff Neal against him. Like I think Jeff Neal had some success, like you said. Like he was able to um, make him miss a few times because he is a little bit of a headhunter. But the second these things start going to the ground, or the these the grappling exchanges are involved, or if he even really just lands on you, like it's 
He's is a powerful guy, and he's good at he's cutting the cage off on Wonder Boy very well. He's just he, he's a tough, tough guy. I I do wish uh, I'm with you on that that Hamzat was still at 170, and we could do that at one point, but I don't see that happening. Any, I mean, I, and they've taken him out of the 70 rankings, and he's I think eight or nine at uh, 85. So it seems like that dream is over for now. But maybe one day we'll have them meet at 85 for the title or something like that. One can only dream. Absolute double champ, baby. I'm just trying to I'm trying to promote all sorts of double champs today if I can. We so. almost had a triple champ in KSW. We can talk about that later briefly. <laughs> uh, we did. I'm serious. <laughs> One of the better uh, non UFC fighter two the the two two of the better non UFC welterweights in the world, even though they're not both welterweights, but two of the better non UFC fighters in the world fought in the main event at KSW um, over the weekend. So. All right, let's. Ooh, there's a little, little bit of a teaser there for the end, but uh, Patty Pimlet, Tony Ferguson, unanimous decision for Patty Pimlet. Uh, Patty was kind of right in the sense that this was going to be a lose lose for him, especially if he was going to come out and fight the way that he did. Uh, he had some success in the wrestling department, but he looked tired at the end of this fight, dude. Like that third round, I was like, oh my god, is, is like, is Tony going to start putting it on him? But Tony's just, you know, Tony's completely cu- like I was his wrestling always this bad. I, it doesn't feel like it was. Um, I, I think it's just the know. fact that he doesn't train. Maybe anymore. he just like he doesn't train anymore. Yeah, I don't think he does train anymore. Right? Uh, he's not. Is Eddie Bravo ever with him anymore? Recently, I feel like he hasn't no, been with him no, in a while. Like, uh, Chael Sonnen said he talked to his dad. So take this for what like literally a grain of sand because I heard this on the broadcast, but. He was saying that like Tony doesn't have like a head coach anymore, which makes sense if David Goggins is in this corner. But like he doesn't train at a gym anymore. He doesn't like do any of that shit. So it's like it's over, dude. Uh, it I, I want him to retire so badly. I really do because he was like such a fun, exciting guy. He was twenty five and three, Ty. Like he was like at the top of this game, and that was only two three years ago. And now it is just all red. All right on his thing, and he uh, so much red. Not going to get an easy fight. I wish they would give him an easy fight, but I mean, Bobby Green was supposed to be an easier fight, and he couldn't. You yeah, know, fucking dog. He couldn't have success there, and you know the uh, the only fight he had somewhat success in is the Michael Chandler fight, and that that you know how you saw how that ended. He got put, his head punted into the fifteenth row, so <laughs> like it's over for him. But I, I more want to focus on Patty Pimlet because I mean, Ty, were you impressed at all? Early on, I was like the first round. I thought also the first round was a ten eight possibility. No, yeah, I, I think am so. I crazy for thinking that because no. he didn't get one. So I thought I was like, all right, well, you know, I thought maybe he did enough to get it, but instead I saw a couple other people did, and not one ref or judge, not one judge uh, gave him ten eight. But you know, what are you going to do there? I guess. Yeah. But yeah, I mean, early he looked good, and then after that, he just did. He he looked really tired. There's points where they were like, yeah, Patty's. Patty's gassing, he's breathing with his mouth open. I'm like, oh, you know, Rogan and DC are just talking shit. And then I look at him and he's moving backwards and he doesn't look, you know, Patty's gassed. I'm like, bro, what the fuck? Like, that's crazy. You know, I just, I, I don't think his overall, his striking, like, it's hard to explain. It's hard to describe how his boxing striking in general, like, how it is and how it looks. It looks, it doesn't look, it looks wonky. It looks kind of funky, unorthodox, which isn't bad, but it looks like, uh, you know, I don't like how he keeps his chin high in the air and kind of out there and kind of doesn't bring his hands back and up to protect his chin. I think he's very hittable. I think his offense, offensive boxing, offensive striking is very simple. I don't think he really puts that many combos together. You know, I think he kind of just throws hooks. Um, 
he got his nose busted open. I, I don't know what that was from. If it was from one of those elbows from the ground that, that Tony threw, but uh, he started leaking. He started leaking. Yeah. Tony told me he was gonna, he's going to make him taste his own blood. So at least Tony can still do that, right? For sure. He has that, um, that ability to, you know, create small cracks of, of an opening, but he just doesn't capitalize. And he also just throws the fight away. He's just cooked. He's just absolutely cooked and done. And there's no reason for him to be fighting ever again. I mean, unless you want to put, put him in there with like Austin Hubbard or Natan Levy or Trevor, Pe- put him in there with Trevor Peak. I guarantee you might get knocked the fuck out. You know what I mean? Like put him in there with yeah. Roosevelt Roberts. He might get tapped out. You know, I think he's just at a point in his career where he is really just done. Like, does I, he, does he beat Gennaro Valdez? What do you think? I, like I, the, the fact that I'm even sitting here going, well, you know, like Sam Patterson, does he beat Sam? Yes. Like, yes. Yeah. Yeah. Okay, the the future Pat- or whatever but, his fucking name is. Like, <laughs> that guy is seven foot tall. Chin. He should not be 155 pounds. Yeah. Or you know, Ashmaj, the, the, the Israeli that guy, guy or, probably you know, kill him. I, I, Marat, you know, like oh, he would kill think of the world. <laughs> <laughs> that that's where we're at though. Like Alex Reyes, Dominic Reyes' brother. Oh, Muhammad he'd kill Yaya, him too. He'd kill him too. Anshel Jubilee. I think Anshel oh, Jubilee yeah. might put Tony Ferguson in the Jubilee would so. give him a great uh seven minutes and then after that it yeah. would just be rough. Hey, that's my motto, you know. So um <laughs> I, like what what do we do here? You know, do we the the sad part is I think if the UFC just parts ways with him, which they should do, he's gonna fight Tony him. Ferguson, Kenny Payne, Brandon Staley, those three people should be out of a job. Brandon Taylor already is. Yeah. Kenny Payne is not. Tony Ferguson should be next. He should be on the chopping block. But my my concern is he goes. He's going to go to like karate combat. Shout out to Sam Alvey. Three wins in a row, baby. Um, or like, yeah, bare knuckle MMA. Yeah, I, bare so knuckle bad, MMA. Man. That's exactly what he would do. He would go to bare knuckle MMA game, uh, uh, game bread, whatever the fuck, game bread FC or something, and he would get battered or something. I, you know, so. But whatever. At least he'll be out of the UFC and out of Dana's hands. Dana now, I think, is finally admitting, like, all right, it's it's time. I mean, he's probably been, like, telling this to him for a long time. He's just like, all right, like, now, like, if you ask him, he can't lie to you and say, oh, yeah, I like to, you know, like, obviously, everyone with eyes would like to see him retire and walk away. The sad thing is he's probably not going to, and I think the, the for me, the, the thing I just, I, I get mad at is that he just doesn't have, like, a, a he doesn't train. Like, like like mixed martial arts. Like, you doing Hell Week doesn't equal to, you know, being a great fighter. Guys who do triathlons can't just get in the cage and fight. I know you used to be, you know, like you, you used to train all the time and you're still, you know, you hone your skill, whatever, dude. But if you're not, like, sparring and you're not in the gym wrestling and grappling with all these guys, like these guys at American Top Team or, you know, fucking the American Kickboxing Academy, all these different places, if you're not training like those guys are training then you're going to get smoked and that's why a guy like patty pimblett is having success against you so like so i want to believe in patty i think he has some kind of ability like i think he has a good mix of of talent i think he i don't think he like has a bad fight iq um you know i think he has like i don't see that many red flags the the weight the weight issue is definitely water but i don't know if he's still ballooning up to like 180 or 190 after his fights, I guess we'll have to pay attention if we see him get fat again. That's definitely a red flag. Other than that, I'm, I'm keeping the chin up, I don't like. I, I just think there's some mechanical, structural things with his game that he needs to work on. Maybe his camp's not great. Maybe he doesn't have a great boxing coach or, 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 or whatnot. I know we have seen in MMA and boxing and fighting in general a lot of the uh, 
the UK guys kind of plateau at a certain point, right? Kind of Bisping yeah. was kind of there too, but then he pushed through late. Shout out to Luke Rockhold's chin and was able to, uh, you know, get a belt at an old age too. And he was training in mm. California too. Like he went right. to train with Jason. He mixed it up. Yeah. Um, a lot of these guys, you know, Darren Till and, and whatnot, and he's even Leon's had the belts around. Who? Leon. Oh, there you go. But um, is he the best uh, UK fighter ever? Is that a, is that a conversation? Edwards? Yeah. Definitely think, up there, right? Yeah, I, think, I, I think he's definitely up there. I mean, one or two more of these wins, and I don't like what can you you can't take it away from him. Like Bisping was the guy, right? You would say, yeah. And he's had such a storied career, and he, you know, he won the title like kind of in a dramatic fashion and all that. But when all said and done, it probably will be Leon Edwards. He'll have the better resume and the better wins against you know on on his record than you know. Especially while he was the champion, then what what Bisping was able to put out there with the Rock, real hundred um, year old Dan Henderson. Real quick here, sure. Who 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 do you think Patty? So you look at the top fifteen. I don't think Patty beats anybody that's ranked at, at one fifty five. Does he beat? Um, I'm I'm on a different website here, but does he beat Grant Dawson, Bobby Green, Joel Alvarez, Tiago Moises? Um, is this Hanato Moicano? Hanato Carnero Moicano. Okay. I guess he has multiple last names. I know most of them do. Um, Elvis Brenner, Gur- Guram. Like wow. I think Patty right right now on this website, he's twenty fourth, right above Jared Gordon, which is very fitting. But like you know, do you want to do you want to pair him up with uh, Jalen Turner, Drew Dober, no. Matt Frivola, Benoit Saint Denis? I think they all smoke. Oh my God, Benoit Patty would Patty. fucking kill him, dude. Benoit yeah. would then, have you know, his way with him. They'd have to come into the cage and pull his uh, like pull him <laughs> off his dead carcass. Good thing the Ilya Teporia fight never happened because he would have done disgustingly illegal things to Patty Pimblett. One of them's f- fighting for a belt, and one of them's fighting Tony Ferguson, just to show you where they are. Yeah, uh, at this point in their career. But yeah, that's pretty much all I have on that fight. Uh, we'll see what Patty does next. I'm sure he might get a ranked opponent. I think that you know, there's no more slow playing him. I mean, you no. got, you know, you have to give him at least number 15 or 14. You have yep. to try to get a number next to Patty, and then you know, see what you can do from there. Try to match make. Uh, smarter, Green. but either way, you, you got to. Th- Bobby Green would be good. You know, one's old, one's young, one throws hands. I think Bobby Green's beatable, but he's also tough to beat, right? But um, if you yeah, were to cherry pick really out here, Ty, would you do Dan Hooker and kind of just be Dan like, Hooker? listen, he's got a nine next to his name, but I mean, I I, I would still, pro- I mean, I would similar probably, to Tony Ferguson fight, yeah, right? Like, I, I don't know, but I would take Hooker. I think I probably would too because it's just he's more durable and. I would love to see That's like a five round fight. Like that would be sick. Dan Hooker is a fun guy to watch. Uh, he he's not you know, uh, what's it called? You can't trust him. Not trustworthy, but he definitely he's not here for a long time. He's here for a good time. So. Yeah, absolutely. I, I mean, honestly, anybody that's they they can't just keep putting him against these kind of guys though. They, it needs to be a step up uh, in competition because I'm losing interest in Patty Pimlet. Uh, well. How about now? We were wrong about this one. Josh Emmett, with an absolute <laughs> like Ty in, in all of my years of watching this sport, I that this might be one of the nastiest knockouts I've ever seen, and it wasn't just like uh, like the head kick ones; they're all crazy. But this one was just pure, uh, uh, like just vitriolic power from that right hand that just sounded like a baseball bat hitting Bryce Mitchell's chin, and yeah. and it just it. Just shut his lights off immediately. 
You had DC freaking out that he was having a seizure. Oh my god, he's seizing. He's seizing, Joe. He's seizing. I'm like, all right, dude. Like, why are like? <laughs> and I'm watching people like, oh my god, what's going? Like, uh, oh, like, yeah. You shouldn't be showing a guy like. Listen, I love the sport. I love the violence of it. You can't be showing this guy having a seizure after he gets knocked out. That was nuts. Let's let's, let's just nuts. avert the camera into another direction. But that was nuts. At the end of the day, it doesn't. T- I love how Josh Emmett said, "Yeah, it's difficult to celebrate after that." When he screamed in the yep. guy's face and then walked to the other side of the cage and did a backflip. <laughs> I'm like, yeah, hey, it wasn't that hard to celebrate. <laughs> yeah, um, like I would, I, I would after. just be like, hey man, listen, I hope he's all right, but that shit was sick. Never felt that yeah. in my right hand before, but yo man, good for Josh Emmett. Yeah, um, that was scary. Uh, it took a little bit, right? It was like two minutes of nothing, right? No- nothing really happened until that. It was kind of like, was it Josh Emmett and Michael Johnson? In that Philly? was the slow one, yeah. It was like uh, that was in the third round, right? But it was like kind of boring, kind of yep. boring, kind of boring. Boom, and then he just went to sleep. And you're like, oh, 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 this was kind of like the same way, except it was only two minutes. But Bryce Mitchell, oh, a three. Josh Emmett, two of ten. So besides the one, you know, doomsday right he landed, he didn't really do anything else. So it was kind of just you know circling around. Uh, I don't know what Bryce Mitchell was trying to do. He didn't even go for a takedown. No. Um, he should have. He, he definitely should have. I think going forward, he's going to be a tough guy to bet and rely on because he's not very smart. And, um, I mean, you know, taking a shot like that can only be um, career-altering in a bad way. Right? It can, it, 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 it's not like you can take some time off. He definitely needs to take a lot of time off because he started seizing. Um, I don't know. Maybe, uh, you know, unless he wasn't actually having a seizure and he was just like, uh, you know, what kind of technical – term or medical term that you can I don't know but it wasn't good he was shaking and uh then he stood up he couldn't stand up straight for like at probably hours um yeah. I know Rogan, DC Rogan was also crazy. pissing like, me off get, get him a this, stool. yeah like dude shut up I was man. like guys calm down he's standing up he probably doesn't want a stool they don't want to give him a stool like it was like when Trevor Lawrence um when he got hurt and he uh he was like limping his way back to the locker room everyone's like why doesn't he have a cart what the fuck the NFL how's how don't the Jaguars have a cart? Meanwhile, he didn't want a cart. He wanted to walk back and, you know, kind of test out what he could walk on his ankle, how much power he could, uh, strength he could put on his ankle. He's the one who denied the cart. So maybe Bryce Mitchell didn't want a stool. I wouldn't want a stool. I'd be like, yeah, get me the fuck out of here. I'm trying to get out of yeah, here. Yeah, the guy had no idea exactly, where he was. Yeah, they're like, oh, my God, he could turn his ankle. I'm like, yeah, turn his ankle. That's the least of his worries after he just got detonated <laughs> by fucking Oppenheimer to the fucking jaw. All right, so like, let's calm down here about a fucking stool. So that was annoying, but yeah, I feel. I, listen, I feel bad for Bryce. I, I definitely think he needs to take some time off. I feel like he needs to. I don't know. I, I don't know if the high level is necessarily a place for him uh, I, going forward. Yeah, I think the big thing for me was like, what was the game plan here? Like, I think he made mention of like how he wanted to stay on the outside or something. Like, that's not you, dude. And he said like. That's the one thing he's mad at himself because he wasn't aggressive and wasn't like trying to like push the pace on him, which it's like kind of similar to like Colby Covington's lucky this didn't happen to him because when that when you have you're you're you can only fight one way if you're Bryce Mitchell and that is just relentless wrestling takedowns and just trying to smash a guy on the ground. Now you might get knocked out while doing that, but that's the only way you can win. You cannot stand on the outside with any of these guys because it's not your game. You've never really trained to be that type of fighter and Bryce kind of was just circling on the outside he never really did he ever shoot like a takedown did he I mean or no like he just never he didn't really do much he didn't do anything he I don't understand what the game plan was so it just 
you know, he took this fight on late notice. It probably, <laughs> obviously, wasn't a good idea. Uh, ended up having a seizure. And, uh, yeah, tough one for Thug. What was his name? Thug Nasty? Isn't that, isn't that what he calls himself? Yeah. Uh, maybe he'll have time to drop another album now while he's uh, on, on the mend. Because I'm with you. I don't like the, I don't want to see him fight till at least the summer. He needs to take some serious time off and just let his brain recuperate. But uh, Alonzo Menafield wins a unanimous decision over Dustin Jacoby. Uh, I was kind of in and out of paying attention to this fight, but I thought Justin, Dustin Jacoby was doing much better than a unanimous decision. Um, but I think he got cracked a few. Like I think what what uh, like it was kind of a situation where maybe the numbers support a Dustin Jacoby like win. But then when you go and look and you're like, oh, well, yeah, but he got, like, wobbled, rocked, and, like, knocked down a few times. It's like that kind of just yeah. outdoes anything that maybe Dustin Jacoby did. Yeah, like, I think Dustin won the first round, but he lost the second and third, even though they were close. But I still think that's, like, you know, that's how you score. That's how you're supposed to score. score a fight. Yeah. Like, I guess if it was pride scoring, I guess Jacoby wins maybe. I don't even know if he wins pride scoring. But, um, yeah, I, I you know, I actually had a tough time scoring it live because it was just – you know, kind of sandwiched in between a couple of fights. I wasn't paying attention 100%. I was dialed in, but not fully, fully um, enough to score. You know, I kind of was playing around my phone and whatnot, uh, you know, inhaling some Delta 8s, if you will. Um, <laughs> better than Delta 8s. Those, 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 those shits are trash. Those shits are trash. Man, but, um, like yeah. Uh, t- yeah, per my lawyer. So, <laughs> so I had, I, I wasn't really scoring it. And I kind of was like, you know, I thought they might be um, split judge-wise. I thought maybe somebody was going to give a round two or give two rounds to Jacoby or something like that. But, I, yeah, it wasn't honestly that bad. I think they all had it two and three to Alonzo. And, honestly, Alonzo, I thought was getting beat up pretty early uh, in that first round. I, I wasn't sure how he was going to last. I, I didn't know if he was going to cardio dump before Dustin. But Dustin's getting older, man. He's a big dude, too. So, also, I guess his nickname is the Hanyak. I'm not sure what that means. Don't know what that means either. Not a fan. Uh, Atomic Alonzo is definitely better. So, um, and then the knockdown the third, I think, just solidified. Yeah. Uh, also got the takedown too. So, uh, I think that got him. Got him the fight. fight. So yeah, good, good. It was a good fight. Honestly, it was just you know after one of the best fights of the year and before one of the best knockouts of the year. You know, it was kind of sandwiched in between two amazing uh, fights in their own way. So I guess it kind of got ignored or just not as viewed as much. But it was it was listen, those big boys were throwing, that's for sure. Yeah, and uh to with a nice segue there, Irina Aldana and Carol Carol Hosa, Carol, as uh they were saying on the broadcast. That that was pissing me off as well. I guess her name is Carol. Uh I I think the Brazilians they, they use like uh they have like uh, our like English names, some of them, and they just try to give a little flair to it. Carol. Uh, I, I don't know. That looks like Carol to me, but it's just Carol. So, Carol Hosa, she took a beating in this fight. She she distributed a lot of leg kicks and a lot of... Irina Aldana has no idea how to check a leg kick. I saw you tweet that at one point. Or she like, just check, doesn't want to. Check a goddamn leg kick, man. Like, yeah, I guess or she just doesn't want to. She was just walking forward, and she started to, like... The first round, she was getting kind of beat up. Her leg was getting beat up. That inside of the leg was getting beat up pretty bad. Brutal. And then she just kind of like realized, like, dude, I can't stand on the outside like I like to. I'm gonna just get in. And she went on the inside, and she started going to fucking work, man. And body work, work to the head. I mean, closing her right, what her left eye, you know, busting eye, her yeah. nose up. I mean, they got, they both got fucked up in this fight. It was, 
I'm I'm not like I'm underselling it. You guys can go on ESPN Plus if you missed this. I would I implore you to watch this fight because we're you know we might be doing a little award show soon, and this might win yeah. fight of the year. It really might. I know it's kind of a it's hard to you know the recency bias or whatnot, but I'm not kidding. This fight was incredible, and it might it's easily the best women's fight of the year, and it, and it's up there for one of the best women's fights I've ever seen. Yeah, that might be that. That's Joanna. Um, Whaley. Who else? It was a Joanna Whaley. Yeah, yeah. that's 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 up there because you remember Joanna had the huge, absolute uh, speed yeah, bump emerging from her forehead. Yeah, yeah. In this fight, if you see them both, they were they they were both in, a, in the hospital, I think, together taking a picture, and both their faces were just you know absolutely chewed up. But shout out to her, Renee, man. She she pulled through. Um, I was just waiting for her leg to give out, but it, she kept walking forward. Yeah, she kept throwing that. That left hook, the jab was really, was really powerful and stinging Carol Host. That's why it busted up her nose right away, and then her eye. I think uh, the jab and just some some of the hooks, the counters that she was landing, um, were really were really doing damage. Let's see how many leg strikes she was ninety five of one hundred two to the leg. Carol Host was that's that's some insane volume. I don't think uh, you know Colby Covington didn't even land ninety total strikes, um, even close to ninety total strikes. So. Uh, and meanwhile, Irene Aldana, three or four to the leg. So she did, you know, she said, fuck that. I'm, I'm, I'm head hunting. She was 122 of 276 to the head, 20 of 28 to the body. So yeah, she was 84% to the head. Meanwhile, uh, Carol Hosa was 50% to the head, 46 to the leg. So very different, um, strategies and, you know, leg strikes definitely matter. But if you're getting chewed up, if your one eye is getting closed up and your nose is bleeding and this is happening, you're not going to win the fight. Your no. shit's just... You're not going to win the fight. The, the most damaging strikes, you know, were the were the headshots. You know, not that that's not always the case, right? You know, remember Robbie Lawler got his leg chewed up bad. Like anytime he got kicked, uh, his leg was swinging to the top, like you know, pretty much uh, vertical with his head or hard horizontal with his head. I guess, yeah. yeah. Uh, when he fought, um, fuck was his name? Uh, not Musasi. The uh. What the fuck was his name in Strike Force? I think. Um, I can't. I can't. Uh, I can't this remember. Thing has Not King Mo. Right now. It does. It's. It, it was the um, Mel, uh, Melvin Manhoof, um, the guy who used to put everybody out, and then he started getting put out. Uh, Manhoof was kicking the inside of his leg bad, like just sw- literally swinging like a pendulum. And then uh, he caught Melvin Manhoof coming in and put him to sleep with the left hand. Melvin Manhoof's eyes were just open. Rolled, they were they were open, but it rolled back to the back of his head. That was one of the scariest things ever. But that wasn't happening to Aldana. She was just walking through it, which I, I dude, I couldn't believe it. Even in the third round, I'm like, yo, how is she eating this? Like, I know she has like Mexican spirit, the heart of a fucking warrior, an absolute cell. You can't kill a Rene Aldana. She's just like all those Mexican fighters, Moreno, Alexa Grasso. Like, you have to really put a fucking yeah. bullet through them. Yeah, here, and even that might not work. So. That was an absolute war, blood and guts affair. Shout out to Carol Hosa. Shout out to Rene Aldana. I believe they got fight of the night, right? Yeah, It'd be tragic yeah, if they yeah, did not. Yeah, but it would be an absolute robbery. Uh, but, yeah, Hosa yeah. was getting hurt to the body too. You could see she was given like real visual. Like I thought, oh, we, were, I thought we were getting our hurt. TKO, man. I thought I we were know, getting dude. It. We were so close to it. It just, it just didn't hit. It was. It what was, are you gonna it, do? It was right there, man. And we, you know, we had a couple really close, like good, like. Like Panta, Pantoja sub was like right there, and it just close couldn't get it. It could have been a big night, but it just you know it's all right. It's just an okay night. I'll take that. Uh, Cody Garbrandt, no love back in the building. 
took Brian Kelleher out, shot him off, made him, ended him up uh, face down, did not throw any follow-up shots. Cody G loves the walk-off KO, and he was able to get it. Uh, he looked so fast. He looked healthy. Uh, his chin looked like it was holding up a little bit. He, he, you know, wanted. You saw at one point he got hit, and he just wanted to just go war mode, and he didn't. He was able to, you know, hone it in a little bit. And uh, Bri- Cody G needed this win because if he lost to Brian Kelleher, then he needed to be cut. Yeah, for, for sure. So uh, yeah, made quick work of him. Honestly, I was kind of surprised by that, but. Um, Cody, first-round knockout. Should have been the play. Should have been the play here, man. I know. But, um, what are you going to do? I'll take the TKO. It's, it's, all, it's all good. Um, Ariane Lipsky with a arm bar over Casey O'Neill. I am officially out on Casey O'Neill. I don't want anything yeah. to do with her. I think, uh, with all due respect, I think she stinks. And, um, yeah, I just don't. She doesn't have, like, a, uh, a thing that she does well. Like she somewhat yeah. okay of a grappler, but she can't strike. She doesn't really have any striking defense. She doesn't move well, and she was getting chipped up early on in this fight. And I think she was able to get a takedown. That's kind of how this armbar situation happened. She just—I don't know. She looks lost in a lot of these exchanges, and I don't—I don't know what it is. I—I I, maybe I, I don't know if there's lacking some training. Where was she at Extreme Couture? So I don't know. If that's the problem, because you know we've seen how many guys have come out of there, I don't I, like. I don't know. What do you think? She her game is missing. Um, I think that torn ACL that happened over a couple a year or two ago. I think that's really slowed down her movement. I think that was a big part of her game. I yeah. think she, she's honestly just kind of plateaued. I don't think you know. I don't think she's that dynamic of a wrestler, uh, a grappler. I think she's like honestly not. She's average. You know, she's better offensively than defensively. Uh, I don't think she's that. Very, she's very strong. I think she's pretty big, right? She's five six, pretty tall, but yeah, um, sixty nine inch reach too. Like, but she doesn't seem that strong. There, you know, no. uh, Ariane Lipsky dominator. Um, yeah, I, I just don't. Th- I think she's missing a lot of her game. I think she's definitely missing a a go to. Like, I don't know what her go to is: the clinch, uh, the wrestling, the grappling, the, the the kickboxing, the range striking, the inside striking. Uh, the counter striking, nothing. She doesn't really have any of those. So I don't really know what, what her game is really going to rely on. She kind of reminds me a little bit of Melissa Gatto where she doesn't, she knows she's kind of good at, she's kind of solid at everything, but she's not even really above average at anything. So that's really going to hold her back. Um, uh, yeah, I don't, I don't know what she, where she goes from here. She trains with a bunch of people. She posted on Instagram that she, you know, she felt amazing, better than she's ever had. She had one of the best camps she's ever had. She felt good. Everything felt great. And it just didn't, it didn't work. So, you know, a loss like that when you really think you're you know you're 100 healthy, you're 100 mentally there, you're 100 physically there, and you know you feel like you're at the best point of your career, and you go out there and kind of just get steamrolled. Yeah, probably it's very taxing. It's probably going to take a lot out of her. You know, so I'm sure she'll get back in the cage, get back in the training camp, uh, in the training gym, and uh, work. On, I'm sure she'll get a layup too. Like her next fight will be much easier. Yeah, but even then, man, like. I don't know. You never know. It's not so, a lot of it's yeah. the UFC, man. I, I know there are some layups out there, but there's not a lot of them. She's still young. I think she's 26, 27, so she's got time for sure. But um, I, th- I just think she needs a lot uh, to, to to add to her game. How about Lipsky, man? She did look good, though. It seems like she, Lipsky three fight winning streak. Yeah, her game has kind of evolved, and she's just more of a savage i don't know like this seems like the best way to do it she's there the queen of violence is back to just distributing violence on people and yeah 
I can't wait to I'm see what they do it. with her next because uh, I mean she probably will get somebody ranked maybe because she's she can get she should put me in arm bar is what she should do. She's not ranked right. Not I'm as not. of now. No, you're not. No, I know that. Uh, I'm not. No, I, yeah. I was, but my my ACL started acting up. Yeah, I got you, man. It happens. Uh, remember, I mean, I know you remember. I was I was I was winning that championship, and the fight got, had to be called off. Yes, so. yes, yes, yes. That was a while ago, though. So maybe you know <laughs> things have changed since then. You know what hasn't changed is Tagir Ulanbekov's ability to find that submission <laughs> at all times. He gets a rear naked choke against Cody Durden, kind of just. Uh, like this fight in the beginning was a little bit slow, uh, not slower, but just um, so, like ended up on the feet, and it was kind of like a striking exchange. Knocked him down early. Yeah, yeah, that was uh, that was wild. He cracked him bad, and and Cody was having some success early on before the knockdown with his hands, but mm-hmm. Tagir's just you know he's much longer and bigger than him, and you know eventually I think towards the end of the first round he took him down. And he realized, oh, I can I can have my way with him on the ground, and then. Start of the second round, he took him right down, and then it was just took a little bit of time, but he eventually got that. Yeah, that was nasty. He had a he had a crank working for uh, a good part of that fight. He was cranking on that chin, and it looked good. You know, Cody was in some distress for sure, and then um, yeah, end of the second round, he just uh, cinched it in, and yeah, Cody's been subbed before, man. This was definitely a spot I felt good about uh, with Tajir. So. Shout out to him, man. I mean, I think he's he's kind of underrated a flyweight, right? That Tim Elliott loss. Uh, kind of set him back a little bit, and that wasn't even that bad of a loss. Also, he was there. You know, he, he was very competitive in that fight. Um, two in a row, the Nate Maness sub was was nasty, standing guillotine. Yep. Um, and his two wins before that, Bruno Silva, Alan Nascimento, they weren't that great. So to have two, you know, he was outstruck in both of them. He was taken down uh, by Bruno Silva a couple times. Nascimento even outstruck him, which kind of a red flag. He got reversed a couple times. <laughs> so... You know, to to have two finishes in a row, especially you know Cody Durden, I believe had a number next to his name, right? So yeah. that's huge. That's huge for Tajir. Uh, he's a little older now, but I think he's not not older. He's just a couple. Was he thirty two? He's he's right in his thirties. Um, so I think he's right, honestly, right in the peak, right in his physical uh, prime, I guess you could say. So yeah, now's the time for him to make a move, and I think he's dangerous, man. He could he could sub anybody. Yeah, and it's just that those long arms, man. He can he a master of the choke. He can just do pull chokes off from any angle, anywhere. And Cody Durden did a good job of defend. Like he was he was in a bad position for a while. He was like up in the air. He had him like backpacked up against the fence. He did everything he could. These guys were, uh, I mean, Tajir kept breaking the rules with his toes in the fence over and over and over yeah. again. And again didn't know what to, they didn't know what to do. I mean, these guys don't speak English, so they need kind of a translator to be like, uh, you know, no toes uh, in the cage. I mean, I, I, I think it's pretty obvious when your foot's getting slapped out of the cage that what, what's going on there. But, I mean, they're in a fight. So, uh, you know, again, I would keep doing it until somebody absolutely made me. There was another fight uh, at some point later on that that kept happening. But... Uh, how about Andre Feely? Touchy Feely, man, with the elimination of Lucas Almeida with that little short right hook. Lucas Almeida, I don't know what I was thinking, really, because he looked bad from the very beginning of this. It's one of them things where the fight starts and you're like, okay, yep, on the wrong side of this one. Because he looks <laughs> stiff. He looked tall. You, that tall man defense that we talked about, he he does it. But Andre Feely at least moves his head and is you know, explosive in his movements. Lucas Almeida was just stiff, plodding, and... Wasn't able to get out of range, especially if he's fighting a guy that actually can get to him. And, I mean, he was right there for the taking on that right hook. And it was just bad news bears after that. He got kind of just 
dropped on his ass, and then the ground strikes to follow. Another easy win for Andre Feely. Did we have this? Uh, I think you might have. I definitely didn't. I had Almeida. I don't have the card right in front of me. I kind of. I don't know if I had Feely by TKO or inside the distance. I, I wish I did, but um, I feel like that was kind of. I think of you might have. Okay, I hope I did. If I didn't, you should give it to me. Uh, no, I'm just kidding. But <laughs> you know, like we saw, I don't um like when like when Trezano rocked him. I think we were like, all right, Trezano is not a knockout guy. He's not a power guy. He's not a you know, knockdown guy. So if that's happening, it's a little worrisome. And obviously, he's very dangerous and wild in there in the pocket. Andre Feely, nasty right hand. Also, if you saw my Instagram story, Andre Feely doesn't like many things in life. He yep. likes training, fighting, loves big booty Latinas, and I'm right there with him. Shout out to Andre Touchy Feely. Um, just honestly, you know, we keep talking about underrated fighters. He's been one of the more underrated UFC guys. If you look at his UFC stats page, you'll see a long, long list of a lot of fights with a lot of t- tough opponents. Like I, I'm trying to find a layup. And I guess Shaman Marais might be the, the biggest layup. Maybe Miles Jury. And that, Miles Jury at that time was pretty solid, I think. So uh, even Arm Loboff back in the day, Loboff had some hype behind him around that time. So, like, he fought, like I said, he fought Max Holloway in his second career fight in the UFC when he was like 20. <laughs> like, so uh, that was on the Jones to share undercard. So the fact that he's still doing this to this day, to this day, and I think he's, you know, in his mid 30s, he, he's in his physical peak. Right. And uh, I think he presents a lot of opportunities, a lot of mismatches um, for other, you know, for fights at 145 with a lot of these shorter guys. So, um, yeah, good, good knockout for him. He's one of them guys you could see him uh, bursting into the top 15 at some point, you know, and ma- making it yeah, a little, little bit of a run. run. Like, yeah, I'm waiting. He needs a little him. bit of luck. Yeah. And matchmaking help, you know, because he hasn't really had matches. Like, match him up with somebody like Lucas Almeida. I think that was perfect, right? Yeah. Bounce back from that Algeo fight. I mean, uh, Nathaniel Wood. Maybe you run it back with Nathaniel Wood, right? Nathaniel Wood's kind of been on a uh, losing streak. You know, he hasn't looked as great. Maybe you run it back with Daniel Pineda. So, um, yeah, I don't know. You can oh, do anything with him. Almost uh, choked there, but no, I don't know. Uh, yeah, <laughs> that was almost bad news. So, um, yeah, either way, I'm a, I'm a big fan. So, Shamil Gaziv took care of Martin Boudet. Uh, pretty easily. Yes, sir. Uh, th- this yeah. fight was one-sided from the very beginning. This shit was over from... Uh, yeah, yeah, I wish I would have had a Max Nuclear Mega Whale play on this one because right away, you just could tell Boudet was getting hit and was not responding well to it at all. Yeah, this, he was just covering up. <laughs> this Gazeev guy is tough, man. He really is. Uh, and I think the the opportunity to fade him will, will present itself at some point. But yeah, most these likely. first couple ones, it's not going to be the time. So it's like, let's cash him. You know who he count. reminds me of? Hmm. Very, uh, he rem- he's very reminiscent of Sergei Pavlovich, except uh, you know a little different. But I think he's they've similar builds: yeah. six four, six three, very long arms. He's a seventy eight inch reach, not as long as Pavlovich, but seventy eight, pretty long. Um, and I, I think Pavlovich is more. You know, Sergey wasn't even a one hitter quitter guy. He, he was a one hitter, and then. You know, you want to you wanted to look for a way out, but you weren't going to sleep. I think Gazeev's very similar. I think he has that one hitter quitter ability, but he's more of a uh, pour it on you. He's going to hit yeah. you with one shot, and then after that, you're going to just you're going to cover up like uh, like Budai did, and that's going to be it. So I like his knees. I think he has some pretty good knees, some elbows too. He gets real nasty in there, man. He he gets real nasty, especially when he takes you down. I think he has some pretty good trips. His ability to get it to the ground and to um. Uh, dish out some ground and pound is really, uh, really good. So I like that combination. I don't know, you know, I think he's probably going to run into somebody that hits him hard and maybe he doesn't respond well or 
Uh, his cardio might get exposed. I think that could be a thing, right? He's knocked For out sure. pretty much everybody he's fought and finished everybody. So that could happen, but he does at least have one decision on his resume, and it is against a, I think, previously undefeated fellow. So I don't know. I like I like Aziv. I think he could he could go far, and uh, you know, if he gets the right matchmaking, he's definitely definitely going to win some fights. We'll have to take a take a peek at who he gets next, so we can hammer that uh, inside the distance. Yeah, it's going to all be a matchup dependent sort of situation for Mr. Gazeev, but he looked great in this fight. So uh, that is UFC 296. We did lose one fight. We were right. We just were wrong about the guy. Uh, my, my bet was Muslim Salikov was going to pull out, but it was Randy Brown who pulled out. Yeah. Uh, I said he was going to miss weight. So is that what it probably well, was? That's uh, what I thought he was going to. He just got sick. Okay. Everybody got sick. Jalen Hurts, Randy Brown, the Cowboys. Well, we're happy about the Cowboys. I hope that, uh, you know, I uh, hope that L feels good today. And we will have an Eagles game to talk about tomorrow. But we got Emmett winning $50,000 for his causing a, of a, a medical emergency for Bryce Mitchell. Uh, Irene Aldana and Carol Hosey each get 50 I think they should have got the 100 Gs for that fight. That was incredible. And yeah, Lipsky absolutely. gets 50 Gs. For a nice performance at night in the easy arm bar. And Gazeev gets 50K for his Shout elimination of Martin Budai. So, Shout out to Bahrain. Uh, they brought all the big refs out for this card. I think it was, yeah, the, the was new, no Keith Peterson. No so, Mark Goddard. Uh, no, he was out there. He was? He was the uh, Pantoja and the Garbrandt. That's right. Sexy Mark Goddard. How can I forget yeah, they didn't want him to do the uh, Colby Covington fight. He would have got too. Uh, <laughs> That's pretty fair. He would have got too uh, you know, <laughs> emotional during that one. Fight back, Colby. Yeah. Fight back. But that was UFC 296. I think it was a pretty good event. I enjoyed it. Um, I, I'm sad that we're not going to have UFC for a couple weeks now. Kind of sucks, yeah. but you know, I guess that we have to spend time with our families and stuff like that now. But we do have Gross. some boxing. We got a little bit of boxing, Ty. I know you. There was some boxing this past weekend. I saw David Morrell just eliminate some guy off the face of the earth. That was, um, yeah. That, what a way for Showtime to end their like thirty-eight, forty-year run of just uh, dominance, beautiful boxing, the best of the best. And you, uh, you know, we go out with a David Morrell elimination of some guy that nobody's ever going to remember his name. Sena Senegbeko, I think. Um, yeah, David Morrell's legit man. That's his only his tenth win, only his tenth pro fight. But he has a long, long amateur history uh, out of the Cuban national system. Only 25. Um, I think he's he should be – I think I would love to see him in Charlo or him in Plant or him in anybody that's not Benavidez or Canelo and then work his way up. I think he's ready. I think you put him in there with somebody like that right now. Um, I mean, what's the worst that could happen? Uh, you know, I, don't, I, I think he's very, very good. I think he's just somebody that's kind of like a boogeyman, right? He's, he's getting avoided by some of these lower guys because they're like, oh, we don't have to fight him. He's only 8-0. He's only 7-0. Now he's 10-0. So they're going to have to fight him eventually because he's, he's a killer in there. Um, and in the co-main event, Chris Colbert got knocked out bad, bad. He got put out right, right against the ropes in a rematch, a, a fight where they don't like each other. Chris Colbert was once a top prospect. Has now lost two in a row to Mr. Jose Valenzuela, who looked awesome. El Rayo. Not sure what that means, El Rayo. Rayo. But um, actually, he lost. I'm sorry. He lost to Colbert in that first fight. Um, I thought Colbert lost to Hector Garcia. That's right. So he lost to Hector Garcia, comes back, fights at Valenzuela, got gifted a decision, and then lost the rematch. Okay. So, yeah, we'll see what Valenzuela's got. I think he lost to De Los Santos before that. So, the card itself wasn't great. Uh, Robert Guerrero, Andre Berto, somehow actually had a great fight. Um, 
Uh, Guerrero won most of the fight, most of the rounds, but they both looked good at 40. So there you go. Um, there's that. Yeah. 40 year olds getting in there. That card itself was not great. Um, there was something else, right? So, yeah. Sonny Edwards and Bam Rodriguez. Bam Rodriguez is one of the best fighters in the world, pound for pound. Uh, he's probably the best fighter under 25. I believe he's 24, 23. Um, he just beat that, beat the shit out of Sonny Edwards badly. I mean, they could have stopped this a round or two earlier. Um, he's at 112, so you, you know, there's not really much for him to do there. But he's actually leaving 112 to go to 116, probably fight Juan Francisco Estrada um, in 2024. And then hopefully, hopefully, they, um, they can set up down the road at one, I think, I think 122. I think 122, but I think Naya Inouye and Jesse Rodriguez is the fight that they're trying to make end of wow. 2024. That would be a bad, I mean, Naya Inouye has a little bit of, he's got a couple, a couple guys that he has to get through first, but that, that should be easy. He should be able to do that. Um, and man, whew, Bam Rodriguez, Naya Inouye a year from now, that would be one of the best fights you can make in boxing pound for pound at 122. That would be amazing. So hopefully that, that happens. Uh, my upset of the, my upset pick of this weekend, Kevin Gonzalez did not, did not come through. He got smoked by uh, Mr. <laughs> Akhmadaliev. There you go. Akhmadaliev, yeah. I mean, you know, Murhadon Akhmadaliev looked good. He finally, uh, you know, bring rust is a thing. That's why he lost his last fight. So he came back and he smoked Mr. Kevin Gonzalez. But what are you going to do? Also, Wait. big upset. Or not big upset, but big comeback. Jericho O'Quinn. He was losing to a fellow named Peter McGrail at 122. He was down five rounds to nothing. He was getting battered, and he lands this nuclear right hand to Peter McGrail that sends him down and knocks him out. So that was actually yeah, one of the biggest comebacks of the year in boxing. So uh, a lot of uh, a lot of action, at least this weekend, uh, all around happened. Yeah, did you uh, happen to see the Jake Paul fight? Or, uh, as long as it, the, the 30 oh, seconds man. that it lasted. Uh, yeah, that poor fucker, uh, Mr. August. That was actually a really nice uppercut. It like, really was. Even, I can't talk shit. You know, it doesn't matter. That guy's a pro boxer. He's fought guys, you know, that, at, the very, at the very bare minimum, at least he's a pro boxer. But that was nasty. That right uppercut peeked through his guard and sent him to the land of wind and ghosts, joining Mr. Bryce Mitchell. The Dude, Bryce scene. Mitchell is still in the land of wind and ghosts more than like <laughs> just hanging out there. Yeah, like, yo, population one. Yeah. Well, Eddie Wineland's still chilling in there, just hanging out. <laughs> Just inviting people in, say, "Hey, you need something to drink?" You know, just trying to make everyone's yeah, time there comfortable. <laughs> did, you, did you watch any Karate Combat Forty Three? No, fuck no. No. Okay. Well, we we Anthony Pettis beat Benson Henderson. I saw that. Benson uh, was pissed. Sam, yeah, he wasn't wasn't happy. Sam Alvey got back in the winning column. Raymond Daniels got back in the winning column. Brandon Jenkins got let's back go. in the winning column. Um, no, that's another guy. Donna. No, it's Brandon. Let's, let's go, Lewis. Come on, yeah, Donna Bakari. Got back in the winning column. Omar Morales got back in the winning column. And Saeed Yokub Kakramanov got back in the winning column. So this Pretty is sad card for Karate Combat. UFC fucking graveyard. The second you get fucking yeah. cut, you just go over there. Listen, Karate Combat's paying pretty well, I'm hearing. So, you know, Sam yeah. Alvey's on the three-fight winning streak. Let's bring him back. Johnny Walker, come on. Johnny Walker's got a big fight after the New Year coming up against... Uh... The, the 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 Russian guy was Ankalaev. Ankalaev. Yeah. So. What's uh What's Johnny Walker's brother's name? Uh, Walter. Walter. Still, Walter. still a, no no fight for him. Still hasn't fought. Yeah. Hold on. Let's see. Walter, uh, the clean monster Walker. Yeah. I don't know about that one. Jake Collier got canceled. Yeah. So 
We we must wait another day. Uh, I I mean I hope uh, during during the uh, Christmas break that I get an update on the clean monster and hopefully we get a fight lined up for him. Hopefully he's clean. Um, yeah. Also, there was some KSW. Yeah. Uh, so yeah, the the main event was this fellow named Adrian Bartoszynski. He is um, fourteen and zero with eleven knockouts. He fought Saladin Parnas. Parnasi Parnasse. He is from France. He is KSW's one forty five and 155-pound champion. He went up to 170 to become a three-division champ. Um, he's 5'10", so it kind of works with his uh, frame. And he's only 26, so he's still young enough to be able to cut that weight. He went up, tried to do it. Um, he lost a unanimous decision in a pretty good back-and-forth fight. Bartoszynski's 28. He's pretty solid himself, 5'11". Good size to him. He pretty much puts everybody out. He's fought some pretty good fighters over there in KSW, um, and he's knocked them all out, basically. So, Mr. Parnas... A um, bunch of soccer kick knockouts. He has some chokes. He's beaten some pretty good, some pretty good fighters himself. Lost to Daniel Torres and then came back and beat him. Um, he's really good. He's one of the better. They're, they're both one of the two of the better non UFC fighters in the world, especially at welterweight. Even though Parnas probably going to fight at one fifty five. That was good. There was um, I think who else was that? Marcin Held. Marcin Held. Marcin Held got, got he got decimated by um, I don't even know some Georgian fella. He got put out. So I think that's probably the end of Mr. Held's career. Victor Pesta also lost a split decision. Former uh, former UFC legend who fought. I forget who he fought. I think it was um, Tybora. Yeah, it was uh, Derek Lewis, Tybora, Linick. Yeah, they all they all fucked him up. So, <laughs> um, yeah, he took an L too. So not not a great night for the former UFC guys in Poland. Well, you know, sometimes it's uh, you, you win some, you lose some. As long as the outcome is income. So that that is what I have to leave you people with. Those guys in the main event should be in the UFC, though. For the yeah, for the record, I, we, I think we need a little bit of youth, um, just infused into Especially 170, 170, right? Like, yeah, hundred percent. Yeah, do dude. that. The KSW champ at 170 is probably going to be a scary guy. Like no matter who it is, he's probably going to have things on his back, like advertisements. You know, not like GoDaddy or GoPuff or Jake Paul's MVP promotion. Probably do like wipes. you know, probably do wipes or probably like you know some some Polish. Uh, you know, war machine company. You know that that's probably what it's going to be. It's advertising us back. So let's sign them all. I hope that we get the poods back in there soon, but it doesn't seem like he we has need the poods in the UFC. I think. No, we don't. <laughs> 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 no, we do not. I think we do. The super heavyweight division: Derek Lewis, uh, Greg Hardy, um, Justin Taffa. You know, I, I I'm a fan of a uh, new guy. By the way, boxer. I, I've announced. I, I saw a hype video of him this weekend, and I decided to be a fan of his. Who uh, was it? Subriel Matias. Subriel Matias, my boy. Yeah, the Puerto Rican hammer. He um he's a, he, he he's a tough motherfucker. That's for sure. He's supposed to get Teofimo later ish in twenty 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 four. Must have twenty fourteen. Sheesh. Um, Teofimo has a fight lined up in February. I think it's just a get right fight. Kind of keep him busy. Just make sure his you know he doesn't try to drive off a cliff one day. Um keep him active and then later that year later in 2024 nobody else wants to fight super Matias. teofimo wants that smoke that would be a fucking banger i would love to see that super Matias is a tough out for anybody um and also puerto rican and mexico is is teofimo mexican i don't want to i don't want to be uh casually racist but i mean I he's american he, um, but i don't know what his... he is but i believe he's um spanish Honduran immigrants. Okay, they're Honduran. Okay, well, you know, either way, <laughs> either way, there's a, there's a Hispanic rivalry. They all hate each other. So, 
Yeah. Don't need much to have rivalries in uh, combat sports. So. <laughs> no. You just need a little bit no, of the, the wind to blow a certain way, and you're like, you know what? Fuck you, buddy. <laughs> Fuck that guy. Yeah. And there it is. <laughs> you know, when Tony Ferguson and Colby are uh, making fun of each other, they're talking shit, and then they somehow parlay that three seconds later and say, yeah, yeah, we love you. Let's go Let's go finish these British guys. Go America, baby. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. That was, that was nuts. That let's was go really Paul nuts. Revere these motherfuckers, and they go both lose. So it's like, okay. That's... <laughs> yeah. Thanks, guys. Rather easily without winning a round. Well, uh, maybe I'm thinking, time. maybe next week, sometime in between Christmas and whatnot, we, we come out with our little uh, awards show. I'll start working on it. We'll figure yeah. out some awards that we can do. We'll probably rip off another show's awards, and we'll just do our own version of them. That's more than likely <laughs> yeah. what I'll do. But, uh, no, I think we should just at least talk. Well, not even necessarily not even awards. Just kind of talk, recap the year. Kind of talk about some of the guys. That yeah, we, we can know. definitely talk some high highs, low lows. I think overall this year was not great for the UFC. I think they've had better years, but for sure. Um, you know, it's it's kind of hard to really top twenty sixteen for sure with Connor and and Ronda just absolutely bringing the sport to a new level. Be, yeah, that will always be my yeah. favorite. That's kind of what brought me into the sport like uh, wholeheartedly. I was kind of a casual. Yeah, that honestly that. did. Yeah, I think all of us were. I think that really just elevated the level of casuals to non casuals, and then it brought a lot of non-fans into being casuals you know just brought so many different faces and and eyes to the sport and espn and then they sold the the ufc so the 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 merger the the sale the espn deal everything so yeah pretty much ever since then it's just picked up i guess even before that was like 2014 when john jones started but um yeah so we'll have fight of the year we'll have uh, knockout of the year submission of the year maybe comeback of the year I can kind of think of a, a couple of good candidates off the top of my head. Uh, you know, manager of the year, uh, fraud of the year. We definitely have a couple of frauds of the we'll year. We'll have a fraud, fraud of the year. Fraud of the year. Um, best worst bet, best bet that we made this year. Oh, I already yeah. know my we'll, worst bet. Yep. Um, I already know your worst bet. Um, it's every one? single one. No, I'm kidding. Yeah, li- um, literally. That's what I was like, <laughs> which one? <laughs> Come on, uh, best bet's going to be hard to find. I don't know what my best bet was. Maybe um, who's the guy who got the upset over – it just happened. He didn't have any wins, right? Not, not oh, Shannon yeah, Ross. The, um, he beat Anshel Jubilee, I think. It was Mike Breeden. Mike Breeden, yeah. <laughs> Mike Money Breeden. Mike. That's the best bet of the year for me. For um, sure. But we'll, we'll have to go over it, um, and then we'll do a bunch of other words. You know, we'll, we'll make predictions. Maybe we'll shuffle around our pound-for-pound pound rankings. For sure. We'll, we'll um, have a lot of stuff. So, yeah. We don't. We rarely yeah. have a pod where me and you just kind of talk about MMA as opposed to, like, we're always breaking stuff down or talking about yeah, what's yeah. going to happen. I like the, the free – the free yeah. uh, free for all we could have. Now we'll we'll have a little free for all here to end the year, and we will obviously have some Eagles breakdown tomorrow for anybody oh, who's uh, listening. So we got a big game in a couple bad. hours here. So um, until then, my name is Matt McSweeney. I'm Ty Capone, and, and ladies and gentlemen, this is the Shoulder Strikes MMA podcast. And as always, please make sure to not mention any deceased relatives before you are about to fight because it just it's not a good look. Merry Christmas. <laughs>